with all the angels with him. He will sit on his glorious throne. All the nation will be gathered before him. And he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on the right, the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was a stranger. I was a stranger. I was a stranger. Fui extranjero, y me invitaron a su hogar. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will turn to those on his left and say, Depart from me, you who are cursed. Into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison. And you did not look after me. And then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison? He will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The word of God for all people, right? It's week four in our Advent series, A Different Kind of Christmas, also known as Christmas is Not Your Birthday. And it's time for us to move the focus, to move it to the birthday boy himself, to move it to Jesus, the Christ, as Brad said. The truth is that we've lost sight of him in the world as we move into Christmas and all the busyness and into uh, the things today that, that pull us away from God and focus us on st the stuff and the busy part of the season. Anybody in here familiar with a comedian or a humorist named Dave Barry? Dave Barry. Well, he writes some really interesting stuff, so I wanted to share a little bit from him this morning. This is uh, his take on the secularizing of, the, of Christmas greetings. Once again, we come to the holiday season. It's a deeply religious time that each of us observes in his own way by going to the mall of his choice. In the old days, it was not called the holiday season. The Christians called it Christmas and went to church. The Jews called it Hanukkah and went to the synagogue. The atheists went to parties and drank. People passing each other on the street would say, Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah or to the atheists, Look out for the wall! These days, people say season's greetings, which, when you think about it, means absolutely nothing. It's like walking up to somebody and, and saying, appropriate remark. <laughs> but season's greeting is safer. 
than, than the religious greetings because it doesn't refer to any actual re religion itself. And someday I imagine that even season's greetings will be considered too religious and will celebrate the holiday season by saying, have a nice day. And there's a lot of humor in that, but it's, there's some uncomfortable truth underneath that. Mr. Berry also recognizes the true problem with gift giving. Men, here's his take. So why is the Christmas season so difficult for men? There are many complex reasons by which I mean women. The problem goes back to the very first Christmas. We know from the Bible that the wise men showed up in Bethlehem, gave the baby Jesus gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, gold is, always, is a nice gift. But who gives a baby frankincense and myrrh? Well, I'll tell you. Men. <laughs> the three wise men gave those gifts to the baby. And being men, of course, they didn't start shopping for gifts until the last minute. And as they were headed through Bethlehem, the only place that was open was Stu's big shop of, of, of myrrh. And, and so they had to go in there and get the gifts from that place. So women, if you get a set of power tools this year, just talk, chalk it up to we don't know what to do and we're really terrible at, at getting gifts. It is an odd concept that we generally give Christmas gifts to everybody except the one who is having a birthday. And it's not like he doesn't let us know what he would like us to give, right? The passage that was read so eloquently by those voices speaks to that. When did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you or sick and, and help you or in prison and go visit you? And the king said, truly, I tell you, whenever you did it to the least of these, your brothers and sisters, you have done it for me. And that's the reason behind the Christmas challenge that we're on in this season. That challenge is to match whatever we're spending on one another with a gift to the work of Christ in the world. That's what the Christmas challenge is all about. It's, it's, it's to reach out in mission and ministry and to those who Jesus would have us be in mission and ministry to. We have this tendency in the church to move to the center of the church, and pretty soon the only people we hang out with is church people and, and, and everybody that we know is a Christian. That's not where Jesus would have us. We are supposed to be in the world. The church is in the bigger world, but where we need to be is at the margins where the world meets the church. And that's what this season's about for us here at Arbor Point, is to be in that place, to be at the margins. We want to give the kind of gifts that make a difference in people's lives. And in some cases, we'll save people's lives it's important it's important in this season to keep our eye on that Jesus wants us to be in service to others he wants us to do that for them but also for us because it keeps our heart in the right place keeps our heart focused on him remember that you can't keep it if you don't give it away he's gifted each of us in here with spiritual gifts he's gifted us with resources and he wants us to use those for the greater good for the gift for, or, or for ministry and mission in his name to witness for him 
And often we, we look at those who are very poor and we look at poverty and, and the great need that we try to meet in those places. But I have to tell you that not everybody who's in great need is poor. There are people with great wealth who live lost lives. They're looking for significance and meaning and they're not finding it even as they accumulate, even as they gain more and more of what the world would say success looks like. They're dying inside. I, you know some of these folks. I know some of these folks. And they're look, what they're looking for, they don't know yet, but they're looking for Jesus. And if, they, and if they would let him in to transform their heart, they would find the very significance that they're looking for. But when our focus is just on the resources and how much I can get, we will lose our way. And many do. What if we looked at what we can give? What can we give? What has God gifted you with? What has God gifted me with that I can share and that I can allow to be used for the lives of others? He came for the least and the lost, and those people come from all walks of life. doesn't matter where they come from it doesn't matter what they look like we are called to be in ministry and mission to them to be a part of what God is doing in this place and he also gave us some directions about what else to get him and a promise with that Jesus came to them and said all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And here's the promise. Remember, you know what it is? Say it with me. I am with you all the days of your life to the end of this age. You are not alone in this journey. So what are some of these gifts on Jesus' wish list? One is, of course, the gift of time. How much time do we give to God? If you gave the amount of time to God that, that you give to your spouse, or vice versa, if you gave the amount of time you give to your spouse, to God, who wins in that? Or your friends? Where's your time spent? God's love for you is so incredibly big. He wants to spend time with you. He wants you to spend time with him. And if you've got to carve that time out by setting an appointment, because I know guys who do this, they get into their calendar and they set an appointment in their calendar, 9 a.m. is my time with God. And, and it's a regular appointment. And whatever calendar you use, if, if you're having trouble with, with spending time with God, make an appointment with God. And just take that, that time, even if it's 30 minutes, and spend that in prayer. Spend that in study. Spend that listening. And see what happens in your life. It will transform your life. Get involved in a, in a grow group around here. Get involved with a group or in a mentor relationship where you're, being, where, where you're walking this journey together. We have Sunday morning class. We have Sunday night class, Tuesday night grow group. We have Thursday morning Bible study. We'll be adding others as we grow. Give him of your time. That would be a great gift to give 
to Jesus. The uh, second is the gift of worship. Romans chapter 12 speaks about that. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercy of, of God, to present yourselves, your bodies, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship, which is your spiritual worship. Note that he didn't say to give, to give your bodies on Sunday morning only as a living sacrifice. This is a living, this is how we live our life. Uh, there was a monk, his name was Brother Lawrence, and, and he had some writings that got put together in a book called The Practice of the Presence of God, and, he, and, and it's very powerful the way that he sees this. He said this, he said, Men invent means and methods of coming at God's love. They learn rules, set up devices to remind them of that love, and it seems like a world of trouble to bring oneself into the consciousness of God's presence. I found this was interesting that I, when I was running through the message earlier in the week that I just talked about setting a date in your calendar, and Brother Lawrence is saying, Men go to all these <laughs> lengths. Wouldn't it be simpler? Wouldn't it be simpler? quicker and easier to do our common business wholly for him. Now, for Brother Lawrence, common business meant everything that he did. That's his common business, whether it was mundane or, or, or routine, it didn't matter. It could be a medium of God's love. The sacredness of a task or the worldliness of a task didn't matter to him. He would do it all for the, for the glory of God, all seeking to honor God. He goes on, he says, nor is it needful that we should have great things to do. We can do little things for God. I turn the cake that is frying on the pan for the love of him. And that done, if there is nothing else to call me, I prostrate myself and worship before him who has given me grace to work. He's, he's praising God for the ability to work. I don't do that enough. Afterwards, I rise happier than a king. It's enough for me to pick up a straw from the ground for the love of God. I hope for that. I hope to reach that, you know, one day that that would be, that everything that I do would be done for the glory and honor of God. This is what Paul's talking about when he says that we offer our lives as a spiritual act of worship. It's doing our best to live a life that reflects God everywhere that we are and all that we do. But it's not about doing it perfect, right? We're not going to get it perfect but we're going to continue to strive and move on and press forward towards a prize. Philippians 3, not that I've already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, and there are some of us in this room that need to forget what lies behind or work through it or find a way to let it go. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, my future, that preferred future that God has planned for me and for us. I press on towards the goal of the prize of the heavenly call in Christ Jesus. I press on. I press on. Does that sound like that's going to always be an easy journey? But what do we do? We press on. Things aren't going well. What do we do? We press on towards the call of Christ. This heavenly prize that we've been, that's given to us. We don't give up. We move forward. We give of ourselves. When we give of ourselves, we're giving to Christ. This idea of living a lifestyle of worship, of a 24-7 lifestyle of worship, of practicing the presence of God. 
finding a place to grow in our faith together, plugging into a place of service. That's what we want to be about. That's what we want to pursue here is, to, is, is that threefold move in this journey of ours. Remember when you joined the church here, here at, at Arbor Point or you've seen somebody else join it, you pledged some things. Prayer, presence, gifts, service, and witness. We pledged that we were going to be in prayer for one another, that we were going to lift one another up, that we were going to lift the church up, that we were going to seek God for, for that he would do whatever he wants to do in this place through us, that we would be in prayer. We pledged to do that. Our presence, we ple- that, that we would practice the presence of God everywhere that we were, but also that we would be present, that when we're in town, we're going to show up because who knows who might walk through those doors that needs your story or my story. So we commit to being here, to being present so that the presence of God can work through us. Gifts, that's, that's our giving, our resources, but it's our spiritual gifts and using those gifts and talent that God has given to us in mission and ministry. Service, not just about us, right? It's about being in service in, the, in, in this community of ours. And our witness was added some years ago, not too long ago, because uh, I think the emphasis needed to be made because we just thought that that was the pastor's job. You know who the ministers in here are? Huh? All of us. Yeah, absolutely. Every one of us in here are ministers. Now, I, I'm Reverend Divine. I've been ordained and all that stuff. But, but that's, I have a role to play as the pastor here and, and the shepherd and the guide. And, and, but we are all ministers. It is up to each of us, and you're going to see an emphasis as we move into the new year on invitation. Did you know that people aren't going to come in all likelihood unless we invite them? Did you know that? How many folks, never mind, (laughs) did you invite last year? How many folks did I invite last year? Hmm. Well, I you're going to hear, you're going to be challenged. We've got a lot going on. God has a plan for us and a place for us. Growth is not just about a numbers thing. It's about ministry and mission. And we need, we need growth so that we can f- fulfill the calling that God has for us. But that is not going to happen without us jumping in with both feet. But how cool is it going to be when we do? How cool is it going to be that place to become that place and community where people come during the week, Sunday through Saturday, not just on one day? That's where we're headed. That's where we're headed. Be a witness. Be a witness. This is our gift to Jesus: prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Will you join with me? And as we in this year and begin to move into next year that we grab hold of that, that we seek to, <laughs> to fulfill the wish list of Jesus, his wish list. Love others. Love others. Step into the margins. Meet them there. Amy can take us. She knows where they live. I'm only half kidding. We need each of us on this journey. Amen? you'll bow with me. Father,
thank you for who you are in this place. And Lord, as always, I ask that if there is someone here who doesn't know you, Lord, that you would move in their heart, that they would, that they would ask you in, that they would come up and talk, uh, talk to me about that afterward, after the service, whenever, so that we can join them together on this journey to the place you have prepared. Lord, we thank you for your son. It really is all for him that we're here. And, and this season, Lord, we, we give you the glory because uh, it's rightfully yours. In Jesus' name, amen.